If you blink now, forever hold your dying wish When you set your goal, don't give up on it Remind yourself every morning, noon and night I was born for this, and it's worth the fight Welcome back to another episode of the podcast From the depths of darkness to the light of success Man, this show is all about spreading and sharing awareness around people's stories. I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. Does not matter what walk of life you come from. On this episode today, though, we'll be talking with the founder of the Elfie Hippie podcast, his spiritual journey, when his father was being in prison for most of his childhood and how that changed him, and his life-changing motorcycle accident, and mental health, and the dark times in his life. Now, with no further ado, buckle those seatbelts, strap yourself to that seat, put that roll bar in, and let's welcome Angelo Cisco to this week's episode. So much color. When you see it, you won't believe it. If you've got faith in understanding. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I am your host, Chris Swick. You know, this podcast, I love bringing communities together from all walks of life. You know, my my mission statement is everyone's story is valuable. It does not matter what walk of life you come from. You know, we talk about mental health, addictions, recovery, and whatever the hell we want to talk about on this show. You know, it's a just an awesome platform that I provided for everyone around the world to come on and just share their story of experience, strength, and hope. But with no further ado, from Southern California down in the States there, we got Angelo Cisco. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself, man? Yes, yes I'd love to. First, grateful to be here with you and your audience, brother. And uh, yeah, so my name is Angelo Cisco. I am the, the founder of Alpha Hippie. And uh, I've recently moved to Southern California over the last year. I grew up in a suburb of Chicago uh, called Melrose Park. Began um, my spiritual uh, actualization journey, and that's what really, uh, in around 2014, and that's what really uh, I, I got the name Alpha Hippie from to begin with. It's just the name that I gave myself uh, in a discussion with some friends that were interested in what I was doing. And I tried to explain to them, and I just said, it's some alpha hippie stuff. And uh, I grew up in a small town, like I said. I was overweight most of my life. My father was in prison for 11 years. I grew up rather early. What I, The best way I could say it is my innocence, although now I'm very grateful for it, was taken for me at a very young age from the type of uh, uh, environment that I was really living in. And also, too, um, it was quite encouraged by my father at a very young age to be strong and provide and do things in a more aggressive and oftentimes violent, whether that be verbally or physical way. And so this idea of just playing was not much part of my youth and i got a job at a very young age was really forced to work young and uh 
that was most of my life. I just worked, went to school. I was overweight and all the things going on with being overweight. My father came home. I was 16 years old. Imagine not being with a man from when you were five to when you were 16, kindergarten in the States to when you got a license. It was a very estranged relationship when he first came home and took us many years to to grow together. And uh, one of the ways that we grew together was through motorcycle. And uh, my father's very fond of, you know, the Harley going to Sturges, you know, Bob Seeger running the wind life. And uh, around 19, I had a motorcycle, or 20, excuse me. And I was in a bad motorcycle accident. I was hit by a landscaping truck off my motorcycle. I have 10 screws in a plate in my left foot still to this day, a bunch of skin grafts and scars everywhere. You know, I, I tell people I don't need tattoos. I got enough scars for everybody. And uh, and that was a real pivotal point in my life, you know, now that I really look at it. So I was 20. I was in the hospital for two months, rehab for five months. Fast forward a little bit there. My parents wound up getting divorced when I was about 23, 24. That hit me hit me really hard, and my mother even harder. And uh, so I was with my, you know, sort of on my mother's side throughout that divorce and really did my best to support her and love her as much as I could and really was not happy with my father's decisions at that time. And I grew into a darker time myself. You know, I was overweight, wasn't moving very well. For me to deal with that. I wasn't really open to talking at that time. I didn't really understand how to communicate. Heck, I, I didn't even know how to really cry at that. So I ate food. I turned to food. I would eat like a binge eater and I got up. You ate your emotions time. like lots of people do. Oh, dude, just ate them like crazy. You know, so I joke about it now. But just thinking about, like, the thug life, I really was going to McDonald's and the balls I had at a drive through and what I would really order and wonder why I was so obese. You know, just slamming chicken nuggets and cheeseburgers just trying to forget about life. You know, much like how people turn to drugs, I, I used food. So walk me through a little bit, Angelo. Walk me a through a little bit of like your childhood, what was it like? Because at five years old, your dad goes away to prison. What was it that he did that, you know, got him 11-year bit in the joint there? Sure, absolutely. So my father was arrested for uh, RICO predicate racketeering and things of that nature. All the things that go along with under those predicates, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Just running with a group of people that was involved in drugs, violence, gambling, you name it. Anything that you could do illegal was something that my father was into. He was a renaissance man of criminal, okay? Just put it, you know, and uh, <laughs> the aggression side of it was the side that my father favored the most. And so you could imagine what kind of father he was to me when I wasn't... Uh, showing up as the way he would like me to act. Yeah. And so what was it like not having your father around for those 11 years? Like those are really pivotal points in any young ch child's uh, future, basically, because and especially a, a boy yourself, not having that father figure around. What was it like growing up without your father around? I found myself now looking back on it, took me uh, clinging to men 
or other people show, you know, other people showed up to try to take on the role. There was a part of me that always felt that I was never able to fully make my father feel proud of me at that age. And so I grew up aggressive, angry, and really wishing for my father's approval. Like I was the kid in school, Chris, I'd get straight A's, but they'd want to kick me out of school because I would try to fight. I would fight kids every other week. You know what I mean? I'd be the kid, you know, we'd play recess and shit. I'd be the kid, you know, someone would call me fat. I was so angry, didn't know how to handle my emotions. And the next thing you knew it, I was punching someone in the face. You know, and just being very reactive. You know, if a teacher made a comment that I didn't like, I was just ultra aggressive with anyone that challenged me. And that was most of my, my you know, growing years. It was a, I worked a lot because we didn't have much money and because that's what my father told me I had to do. Got my first job at 10 years old. He had beautiful grades, yet I was full of behavior problems. My mother just said, hey, he's not busy enough. Give him more work. So my sister, who was two grades older than me, I would go to her class for for math and English after I did my math and English stuff. And so they just tried to keep me real busy. I guess that was the Adderall of the 90s. Just give this guy something to do to occupy his mind and his time and I guess I was really lost now that you asked me that, Chris. You know, you're probably one of the first people to really help me reflect on that. It was just a really lost time. I had friends, and then I also had great parts of me that felt like I didn't fit in, you know? And uh, I was the kid, too, that wanted the Jordans, and we couldn't get me the Jordans. And so I felt like a real loser. Like all the, you know, all those things, you know, that, that really helped me feel that, it wasn't enough. I grew up feeling that way. Same thing with me when I was, uh, you know, had some stuff happen to me, some childhood trauma too. I felt like I couldn't fit in. And the only way I could fit in is if I suppress these feelings with drugs and alcohol from such a young age. But I'm grateful for the recovery I have in me today as well, you know, and have a different outlook on life after, you know, I'm still going to therapy to this day, which is amazing. It's opened my eyes to so much. And sharing my story open and honestly and being vulnerable, especially on my Instagram page now. And it's really shed some light and just helping shed light on so many different levels around and stuff like that. And I see you're doing that with your alpha hippie show. Tell us a little bit more about that. And, you know, you said that started in 2014 um, and you were just sort of came up with the name yourself and, but you've really blossomed now and you, get into some in-depth talks on that and you have this facebook page as well man that i'm a part of as well yeah absolutely that was one of the things honestly before i get into that really drew me to your show is the depth of darkness and how really important it is to have these conversations and also to be hearing other people's versions of them because i'd love that that's why i really asked you to be on your show when i first when you first even came into the group so thank you uh so back to Alpha Hippie. So 2014, I I have a I lost a, a, by 2014 I lost 100 pounds doing CrossFit. I had a CrossFit gym which I still own called O'Hare CrossFit back in Chicago. And in 2014, 
The gym was about four years old. It was right at the time where it was really successful and believed that it was because of the because of me and not just the ultra explosion of CrossFit and group based fitness. And around twenty fourteen, other competition actually came into my world. And I had to really start making smart business decisions that I really wasn't aware of and I and leadership decisions. I stumbled upon a, a book one day called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. I feel like that's uh, that's mindfulness for people that don't want to say being mindful, right? For me, that, that really bridged that gap because I really wasn't into meditation and all that stuff at that time. I grew up you know, Italian culture, we were Catholic. And so a lot of these teachings. I grew up a Catholic as well, you know, and that whole suck it up mentality. But like, I just want to commend you for, you know, taking the time to share your story and stuff like that. It's all, it's not all about sucking it up these days and stuff like that and bottling it up and suppressing it, whatever, whether it be food, drugs, alcohol, or whatever else not, you know what I mean? Like, I encourage people like yourself and anyone else out there listening to the show to be open, be authentic and share yourself online and you'll attract that crowd that you want to attract. You know, you'll find that there's people out there that are just like you that have lived the same sort of life as you too. Oh, for sure. You know, we all have way more in common than we, we may not put on the surface. That's the way I like. So 2014 business is doing great. Finally, you know, for me, to make over $100,000 in a year was a real big deal to me at that time. I was maybe about 30 years old and felt that if I made $100,000 a year or more, six figures or more, I was going to be happy, right? Because now, you know, the things that I didn't have in my life young, I really believe were, were money rooted and not rooted from the truest thing, which is my heart and soul. I did not understand that till then. And so I make the money and I have some notoriety in the CrossFit space. And lo and behold, Chris, you know, familiar tale, I'm not happy, right? I'm addicted to porn. I'm a womanizer. You know, I, ha I have darkness still that I'm dancing with. And I'm like, well, what the heck is going on? What? Why am I not feeling the surge of hell? Stumble upon emotional intelligence and I go all in on really learning about self-control and self-awareness. Begin doing a lot of retreats out here in Southern California, not too far from where I live now. My whole world begins to expand. And with that expansion comes Alpha Hippie. At first, Alpha Hippie was just an idea to give myself a fun name for the type of work that I was doing. I loved the concept of being a hippie and being open and loving and doing that. Yet at the same time, I love my alphaness. I'm not, I don't want to put that in the closet like that to me isn't something that's beautiful as well. Just displaying my alphaness in a non-aggressive manner was how I really wish to have learned it like I do now. And, uh, or like I try to do now, should I say. I also have my moments where I go backwards. I'm human. And uh, that's where it all really started for me. And I, at first, Alpha Hippie, I printed out 100 t-shirts, sent them to everyone I knew, went to Costa Rica, lived in eco villages, and would just bring people my shirts. And it was great. And uh, then I started the podcast, 
and it, I funded the whole podcast just as something that a passion project to continue to learn and grow much like how you know you just said about this is helps you share your story connect more with other people and really helps me stay accountable on my no i said that's so true though like sharing your story and stuff help like sharing my story you sharing your story it helps me stay accountable you know and i have people that reach out that are friends or people that i've known for a long time that are now opening up to me about their struggles with ADHD. That's one thing I've struggled with. I don't want to even say struggle, but I, or suffer from, but you know what I mean? I just live with on a daily basis, but with the help of a doctor and stuff, I'm on the right medication now that helps me concentrate and get through my day and doesn't have me running 65 different ways, you know, in one day sort of thing, you know, I'm on a, you know, it's one day at a time though in my recovery too, from drugs and alcohol as well, man. And I can only do one day at a time. I can't change yesterday and I can't predict the future. That's it, dude. I feel, man, Chris, you know, we're wearing big sweaters. We got the whole style. I feel like you and I are just brothers from another country. You know what I mean? Just you're a little more <laughs> than me. Um, same way. And so start the podcast. Keep connecting with these incredible individuals that inspire me to grow and, and just connect. and. Then I started the course for, for men. And it was at first, it was just something I ran with men of my gym uh, for under Alpha Hippie. And it was, it was all passion. You know, it was just the gym was running itself by then. I had a wonderful team. And I was able to really dedicate time to my self-actualization practice and developing me. And then along with doing that is, you know, when I'm teaching, I look at teaching as me seeing how much I really know versus just how much information that I take in. How much do I really know? Because teaching to me is when you see how much you really understand. I started the course and it was absolutely amazing and had a lot of great time doing it. And uh, I was starting to not enjoy the CrossFit space as much as I used to around like 2017, 2018. And I felt it, yet I still ignored it because I ignored that feeling at that time because of the notoriety, the financial gain that it gave me, the identity that I was in was very comfortable. And uh, 2019, two days before my son Santiago was born, I had a real powerful download in a, in a yoga class where I realized that no longer was I suited to wear this CrossFit identity and it was time for me to let go of this outfit that no longer served me and it was all about Alphabie. And then my son was born and I realized that my father, despite his methods, the main lessons that he really wanted me to learn was to be an inspired, bold and courageous man. I really took that to heart and I wanted to give that to my son and I still do and so I said in order for him to learn this he's going to learn by what he sees and so I must be an inspired man that's living the most alive life I can and what does that look like being comfortable or being uncomfortable and smiling my wife and I discussed it over and before COVID even happened in 2019 we committed to moving to Southern California putting all of our focus into Alpha Hippie. And I have a couple business partners out here 
and uh, the cards fell where they did in 2020 and in the summer uh, right around Memorial Day that's the end of May early June we had a 13-day road trip out to Southern California and now we live in SoCal and um, with my team of business partners and we have a beautiful home down the street from the beach and I spend my days uh, podcasting just much like yourself and teaching and guiding men to helping them be a pro man. That's the best way I could say it is. Let's not worry about all the things. Let's just worry about you being a professional man, showing up, not as an amateur. I like and that, I bet man. You, all the other things will be perfect, right? All the business, all the relationships yourself. And that's really what I do with, you know, I, or I give my best attempt to do with every podcast we put out, with everyone that joins my program, is just taking someone in, and uh, much like the story of Jonah, I imagine that I take someone in like I'm a big uh, whale shark. I take someone in my belly for about 12 to 14 weeks. And then I spit you out when we're done. And then you go fuck shit up how you want to do it. And then that's it. That's my life right now. And it's beautiful. If you could tell, you know, men or women out there, if you could give them one piece of advice, what would it be today? May I may I extend it to one sentence, even though it's technically three things? Does that qualify? Oh, it qualifies, buddy. Anything qualifies on this show. Accept yourself, trust yourself, and trust in life. Like it. Why? Why those three things, Angelo? Accepting yourself, giving yourself grace, to me, is the highest form of feminine energy that's available. If you really like nurturing energy, when it gets down to the core. What the nurture does is it accepts you and loves you exactly as you are, despite your mistakes and everything that you judge yourself for. Trusting yourself is the strongest form of masculine energy. In order to know that you could advance somewhere, you have to trust yourself. However you feel about Christopher Columbus, that guy looked across the ocean and said, I trust that I could get somewhere and I'm the, there's something over there and I'm the guy to go see it. And then trusting in, in life is having faith, faith in the universe. I'm not saying you have to believe in G-O-D or a specific religion. I'm just saying that there must be some faith in the fabric of life, that there is something on your side helping you go where you want to go so you don't resist it and that you could let go of fear. Great, great analogy, man. I love it about, especially the last part about faith, you know, growing up a Catholic and stuff like that. But once I, you know, I went into the recovery programs and lots of them are really faith-based and stuff like that. But there's some parts in the script, in the, you know, books and stuff that I've read through it. There is a power greater than you out there somewhere. You know what I mean? You just have to believe in a power greater than yourself. That's all you got to believe in to get this recovery or get clean and stuff like that. And that's every day I just... You know, get down, whether it's on my hands or knees or on my walk and just pray to something that there's a power greater than myself out there. And for me, my higher power are my kids, to be quite honest. I got to tell you the truth, bro. I, I call my son, my son's name Santiago. I call him King because the most ironic thing that I've learned from being a father is, is he's here to teach me. He's my Buddha and I'm here just to protect the king so he doesn't eat uh, too much dirt. <laughs> or whatever we do on our, our bump is head, right? Like that's how I, 
I look at him because the way he's living life, carefree, curious, open, not holding on to resentment or not holding on to anything, you know, and, and not judging himself is really the life that we're trying to, you know, when you look at any of these books or freedom or anything you want to boil it down to, he's more mindful than me. Why am I telling him what to do? Exactly, for sure. And like I learn from my kids every day too. Some days it's a struggle more than others because I wasn't even present for so many years of their life because I was so consumed with drugs and alcohol. But now I'm slowly learning that, you know, if I just sit down and take a breath, you know, it's not the end of the world if they got a little bit of dirt on their shirt or they got, you know, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Be in that present moment. If you come home and your kid or daughter or son, you know, has a picture they've drawn for you, you pay full out attention to that. Don't worry if they have a little bit of mustard or whatever on their shirt. You know, I'm learning these things through my own teachings and therapy now that that's just a small part of it. You know what I mean? That shirt can be washed or thrown out. We can go buy a new one tomorrow sort of thing. <laughs> yes. Being present's huge for me now, Angelo. Same. That was that. That's the part of acceptance that has taken me the longest out of those three things to really own and really step into because acceptance really began for me when I stopped judging myself so harshly and then I was able to not judge other people or other things. I was really, <clears throat> excuse me, I was really uh, similar with you as, you know, I would I would see my son and he's thug life. You know, he has yogurt for breakfast and half of the yogurt's in his hair. He doesn't care. He's running around like it's no big deal, right? Like he's just got some moose. And meanwhile, he's got enough dannon in his hair to feed a family of two, <laughs> three people. And he's just still loving life and enjoying life. And the concept of judging himself is not even there. And for me to be able to remove that inner critic that for me can be really harsh even now when I don't keep him in check and really help him relax and soothe him and acknowledge him, not hate him, and yet also let him know that it's not necessary, there's no one here to hurt me anymore, and that critic doesn't need to be on as much, and I'm safe. That's a constant rooting, anchoring that I practice, and also my child helps me step into more and more effort. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up that about your child because as well and myself too like for any parent out there listening to all children will feed off your energy and, and I've noticed that especially with my daughter you know when I've and, and I still have bouts you know getting angry or you know stuff like that today but when I get angry around her she feeds off that energy and she thinks it's okay to get angry back or and stuff like that but it's all in how you present yourself you know what I mean if you want to if you're kind and generous and they see that over time, they're going to pick up on that. And in return, they'll go to school or go to their friends or whenever they're out. You got to groom them, not groom them. I don't like that word either. But you, you got to get them aware of what's going on around them and stuff like that. And if you're always negative, 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 that's all they're going to see. And that's all they're going to think all the time. So you got to start doing the positive, positive, positive and stuff like that, I find. And things do start to turn around, I tell you. Absolutely. One of the practices that I have found to be the most helpful 
is I leave agenda for myself and my work, yet no agendas with my family and relationships. And so there's things I have to do for myself, like a morning routine. There's things I have to do for Alpha Hippie and for business. Yet when I'm around my family, that idea of agenda, have to, need to, must, anything that plays in my mind that way, I do my best to let it go as quickly as I can so that I could just be completely present because any time that I have felt any sort of unfavorable feelings about the current reality, it usually had to do with me having an agenda of what the reality is supposed to be or what we're supposed to be doing at a certain time and looking a certain way and doing a certain thing. Yet when I've been able to forego agenda, I found myself the most happy and best parent I could possibly be. I really like that narrative and stuff like that. That's awesome. You know, just not having an agenda. I I really like that one, man. And I'm going to have to start looking deep into myself. You know, don't worry about work. Worry about what's going on. When you're with your family, just be with your family and not worry about what you have to do in 20 minutes or whatever. You know, the dishes can wait. (laughs) Totally, bro. You know what I mean? Same thing with me. You know, I was, I've grown up, you know, I'm not military background or, you know, like you asked me before we get on there, I'm not military background yet because of the traumatic background I grew up in, I developed a lot of obsessive habits that in my childhood served me to be prepared so that I could avoid trauma. And that rigidness helped me avoid trauma because I was more prepared for it. And then what it wound up doing is it drove me a bit crazy to be that way. And then I would drive other people a little crazy. Like same thing with you, like how you said about the dishes. Like if we left the dishes, when my wife and I first got married overnight, the story I would tell myself that I'm a slob and my wife doesn't take care of the house and all these catastrophic things, just because we left a pot and a pan and two plates in the sink. Like, are you serious, bro? Like, you know what I mean? Lighten up, lighten up, you know? And I carried this, I, I tell people I carried this heavy sword with me through much of my youth into my 20s and into my early 30s. And then I started to realize that the reason I may not be going where I want to go as quickly as I wanted to is because I'm dragging behind this sword that is not useful to me anymore. It was useful when I was a younger man, per se, to get to keep me safe. But now it's just dragging me and holding me back like an anchor. And so my practice now as I've gotten into my mid-30s and even later 30s is letting that soldier know that that sword is no longer needed, that it's actually holding me back and not helping me as I once believed. No, and I like that you say that. You know, life, like, like I've heard many times, life's not a destination, it's a journey. Right. I, you know, oh man, it's so great that you said that too. Uh, I was reading, uh, I've been really digging a lot of Osho stuff lately when it comes to spiritual growth. Uh for many reasons. I really find that Osho, out of all the, the spiritual gurus and things like that, really understood the Western culture. And one of the things that he says 
then I might be butchering this, but just trying to summarize it is we wouldn't really want it to be finished anyway, so don't worry about it always getting to be finished. If it's finished, what the hell would we be doing? We'd be just trying to find something else to do. And so not being, like you said, worried about getting there, just enjoying this beautiful process and what I'm learning every day because of it and being patient enough and not wishing I would get somewhere has helped me just feel so incredibly light with my life, light on myself, and therefore I'm much lighter and and better with others, that I could serve better. Wow. I really love that analogy, man. There's so many great points through this whole episode, guys. You know, make sure you got your pen and paper out because, you know, Angelo speaks some truths here, man, and I, and I love everything that he's about. What's the most common reason for people failing or giving up, Angelo? Lack of patience. and That's my word love, of the year this year. Yeah, and, 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 and what, what I, I'd love to follow that up with is how I see patience. For me, patience isn't waiting. Patience is the power to remove the concept of time. Right? I'm not waiting for things to happen. I just don't believe in watches. What if there wasn't time? And that, to me, is how I've been really doing my best to, to do that in my life. And the more that I'm able to remove a certain time construct, the less pressure I feel and the better. See, enthusiasm and impatience depend on your attitude. And so I want to keep enthusiasm, yet not turn it into impatience. And how do I keep enthusiasm? I just don't believe in uh I, I remove the time construct, and then I could dance with it and stay excited. And then I enjoy what I do, no matter what. You know, there's deadlines I have to hit for work or my podcast, you know, releasing an episode twice a week and stuff like that. But I, I totally get what you're saying. I love that concept, though, you know, not to worry about time. And you'll get to that finish line or wherever you are at one point or another, you know, but having patience. And like my girlfriend tells me, as, as I have ADHD and stuff, slow down you know you have amazing ideas chris but to take your time to get to the finish line you know think things through a little more (laughs) you know there's uh the older i become the tortoise and the hare story makes the most sense remember watching it as a cartoon you're like man this hair is just so much cooler than the tortoise though bro (laughs) you know like they always you know for me when i used to hear that i go well the tortoise is pretty boring Right, it moves really slow. It's not attractive about him. This, you know, this crazy, you know, rabbit that's just moving fast. It looks like he's having way more fun. And uh, now that I'm older, I've really grown to appreciate the the tortoise. You know, just that melodic moving forward. I joke with my wife sometimes. Old man river just moving along. You know, and then you wind up getting where you want to go with less casualties, more enjoyment, and savoring of every little thing. And now I get to celebrate more than just waiting for a big milestone. I do appreciate like everything you're saying, man. And I'm going to take this into account and can't wait to you know listen to this one over and over again, man, because there's so many good points through this whole episode, guys, that you should take into account and uh, really listen up, man. Angelo speaks many good things and he has lots of good advice i find where can everyone find you on the social medias or if they want to get in contact with you 
Angelo, are you over on Instagram as well from Facebook or just on the Facebook? Yes, that's a great question. Thank you, Chris. So first and foremost, uh, uh, I am Alpha Hippie is where you could find all of our work and our good public channels. If you are a man and you are looking to have more interaction with the Alpha Hippie team and I, uh, the way the Courageous Man on Facebook, which you are a part of, which how we got connected, is a wonderful place where... Um, it's more of an open forum for men where we do live trainings and things of that nature. Yet it's great for men to have a place where they can discuss and be open and uh, have a chance to be vulnerable for many men for the first time in their lives. And uh, anywhere there would be perfect. And, uh, you know, guys, make sure you go check out that Alpha Hippie podcast and leave him a review, man. He does an awesome work. You know, I've listened to a couple now and I plan to dig in and listen to some more. I get lots of good knowledge and, you know, value from each and one of his shows. And I'm sure he'd get value from a positive or, you know, like myself, if you don't like something or like an episode, let him know. And uh, I'm sure he'll be grateful for your positive or negative feedback. You know, I'm, I'm all about both sides because I'd like to know what I'm doing wrong or something I could do to improve myself. I'm sure you're the same way, Angelo. I am totally open to any sort of disagreement as long as it doesn't have anything to do with destroying of my character. To me, that is where the the whole open forum just goes wrong is if there's an argument to anything, disapprovement to anything that I'm saying, I am all open to hear it. If you're going to tell me that I'm a bad person, please, that's not up for discussion. Right, just the information that I'm putting out there. I'd love to have any sort of feedback. Positive no, that's what I meant by that. Yeah. No, like I, I'm open to like, and not in a negative way. I guess like, hey, you know, Chris, I think you could have done this a little better. Or maybe this would look. This would. Uh, this. This way of your show maybe isn't going the right direction. Now, you know, I've heard from other people that it sound it didn't sound the greatest this way. You know what I mean? Maybe try and switch it up this way. I'm open to all those types Oof, of constructive please. feedback. I guess. Yes. Please, right? If, yeah. If you're calling me up instead of calling me out, hit me up anytime. If you're in a bad mood and you just want to call me out for some stuff, go hit a punching bag for 20 minutes before you send that message. Will you please? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, before we go, Angela, I love asking. Ended it off. Ended off my uh, episodes of this one, though, man. But what are three things you do for yourself on a daily basis to keep that mental health in check? First, I walk. I walk two to four miles a day. And I grew up in Chicago, so I know what it's like to live in the cold. Uh, walk around the mall if you have to. I'm a bit, I cannot begin to tell you walking. The second thing is I am a huge uh, advocate of hot and cold exposure. A few days a week, I'll get in the sauna. And then I'll cold plunge or cold shower one or the other. And then definitely the thing that has helped me corral my anger and or just overall stress tolerance is having a relationship with my breathing. And that could be any sort of breathing practice. I love Wim Hof. I love Kundalini. I love them all. Main thing is, is I have a relationship with my breath. And that allows me to stay the most human under the highest level of stress. And that's all I pray for. Nice. I appreciate you coming on the show today, man. And, you know, sharing that story of yours, man. It's, it's truly amazing. And 
I hope everyone else got something out of it like I did, guys. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, Angelo. Chris, I'm so grateful that we had this time to connect. I love your energy, brother, and dream of the day that we could be in person and chat more. One day I'll get out to Southern Cali. Please, you already dressed the part, baby. Just come out here. They wouldn't. They think you're a local. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day, buddy. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode with Angelo. This guy brings so much value, so much dedication to his art and craft of what he does. I hope you all learned something from him today, because I sure as hell did. A little bit about the next guest coming up in episode 73. We got Courtney Gideon. You know, she has a master's and working towards her master's in counseling and psychology. She's the real housewife of York Region, a huge mental health advocate. She's a mom, a daughter, a friend, a wife. You know, she suffered from postpartum anxiety and wants to end the stigma around mental health. Let's do that with her in episode 73. Hope you all have a great rest of your day.